Um, there was... <laughs> I was waiting, I've already told the story. <laughs> God, fuck, man. <laughs> okay, I don't remember what the question yeah, was. Yeah, me neither, I forgot. <laughs> Today's subject that uh, we're going to talk about is uh, what makes us human, you know? What are some things that uh, separate us and set us apart from everyone else? The usual notion is that we are an animal whose health is governed by genetics, environment, food and water intake, and the occasional disease. All of those things are true, but they aren't true enough. Uh, we're standing not too far from Hoban Station in central London. It's noisy uh, in all forms. I mean, we've got the traffic noise, we have the, the people, we have planes overhead, and also we have this uh, rich electro sounds uh, knocking around me as well. Of course, though, only I can hear them. So it's a bit like bird song. It's like listening to these electronic birds flittering around me. I first noticed that my hearing was going when I moved in with my girlfriend at the time and realized that she could hear things that I couldn't. So I would need the TV turned up a little bit louder or she would say, that car alarm outside is really annoying me and I wouldn't be able to hear it until I opened the window. And this was confirmed when I tried to get some ear defenders fitted, these sort of high-end uh, earplugs. And the audiologist did a test and said, wow, we don't normally see this level of hearing loss in people under 40, and I was 25. So that was a bit of a blow, but like most people, I didn't want to get hearing aids because they're for old people, and I just pushed it out of my mind for the next six years. I don't know what's causing my hearing loss. I know that it's progressive. The damages to my nerves, so cochlear implants or any kind of technology that we currently have, isn't going to fix this problem. I'm never going to get that back. So, you know, that's my loss in life. People face worse. Hearing loss does change the way that you live. Um, you don't get better much, really. Maybe a little bit better at lip reading, but what it really does is to isolate you from other people. And so they say that blindness isolates you from the world, but hearing loss isolates you from other people. And that's the real key. Conversations uh, with your friends, with your family, with your girlfriend, you lose that clarity. You don't understand what they're saying. There's only so many times that you uh, struggle to follow a conversation or you interject and find that what you thought people were saying is actually completely different to what they really were saying, uh, that you stop. And so you, you lose the ability to engage with them uh, as you once did.
so we have Phantom Terrains running here. You can hear those crackles and those uh, melodies. And through the iPhone itself on the interface, we can kind of see which networks we're listening in on. Um, the how, how many have we got there? Oh, we have loads, at least a dozen, I'd say. And everything from Chromecast, these little dongles that you stick into a TV if you want to send images and video to it, to the office routers, to hidden networks, to uh, people's laptops are also functioning as uh, Wi-Fi hotspots. So it's a, a rich and varied environment of uh, electrosound. Phantom Trains is a system that allows me to hear Wi-Fi. That's it in a nutshell. Uh, in a broader sense, it is an augmented reality uh, platform on hearing. So it changes the way, changes my, my audio landscape to introduce new elements. In the same way that, you know, Google Glass and those kind of things would throw up all these icons on your field of vision, uh, my system throws up new icons onto my hearing and into my, uh, my auditory spectrum that tell me something about the world around me. Hearing aids are very, very clever, and I'm lucky to be alive in a time when we have digital hearing aids. They make a lot of decisions to try and amplify the noises that they think would be useful for you to hear, like speech, and dampen down noises that wouldn't be useful, like traffic or whatever it might be. The problem to me is that I don't get to make that decision. That decision is made for me. And if I have to listen to this slightly fictional uh, version of the world around me, then I want to be able to play a role in that. I want to get to pick and choose, you know, which fictional elements we're, or how we're going to fictionalize this, how we're going to edit this. I think maybe that's the, the nature of being a writer and being an editor is that you want to you want to play a hand in that. I needed someone to do the actual work to create the system because I don't know how to how to hack a hearing aid. And for that, I was very, very lucky to be introduced to Daniel Jones, who's a sound artist, a technical wizard who is very much comfortable in this area. And he was able to design and implement the idea that I had in my head. Why choose Wi-Fi? Why would you want to hear Wi-Fi? Um, we, me and Daniel sort of settled on this because we wanted a kind of data that was continuous and dynamic, something that would was all around me and something that we could encode constantly because hearing really is about that continuousness. As a platform, you don't just want something to say, oh, you've got a new email or you know something. I could add that to my ears, but that would be boring. Hearing is at its peak when it's being used to decipher these continuous dynamic forms of data, whether that's conversation or listening to you know, a symphony at the orchestra. And Wi-Fi was something that is all around us anyway, and people kind of understand that it's all around us. And it's also something that people are familiar with. They can kind of recognize it. Oh, yeah, you know, that's that's what you're hearing. If I sonified radiation or space weather or something like that, it would just be a bit harder for people to understand what I'd done. The sound that we chose was something that we could have made it sound like anything. Um, 
and it's actually quite a difficult design challenge to design a sound that won't be too intrusive something that you can listen to all day something that can be there and won't drive you absolutely crazy something that you can almost ignore so you're designing these sounds to be to be heard but also not to be listened to which is quite strange um, we settled on two layers this background layer of clicks and pops a bit like a Geiger counter and that gives me a general sense of how many networks are in the area and how close I am to them a kind of sort of staticky buzz is just sort of how much is around and then the foreground layer which is where the networks if I get close enough to their source to the router will sing out their ID and if they have a, a very long ID like you know Frank Swain's Phantom Terrain's broadband router that melody will be very very long and if it's something very short like BT Wi-Fi then it'll be very short so it allows me to kind of recognize the networks that I'm listening to. If I get home, I hear this little melody, I didn't encode it, I didn't design it, and yet because it's always the same, I say, oh, I'm home, you know, I can hear my Wi-Fi. It's that feeling of familiarity I think is really important. The idea is really that this becomes a permanent augment. Um, I want to do this because I want to, like, as I said, play a role in my hearing and the way that I hear things. And it's also a really interesting design challenge. Will my brain adapt to this extra sound layer? Will eventually I stop hearing it as pops and crackles and, and melodies and instead intuitively sense it as just oh, that's Wi-Fi, in the same way that you don't really notice the air conditioning unit or your neighbor padding around upstairs, but you're, you're aware of those sounds and they become part of your environment. Phantom Terrains is really a way for us to reconnect with a part of our world which is essential and yet completely invisible. Every one of us uses Wi-Fi every single day. It's, it's absolutely core to our daily lives. And when we don't have it, we get quite frustrated and upset. And yet we can't see it. We can't smell it or sense it. It's very strange for me to have a critical infrastructure that you really have no awareness of. Certainly part of this project is to investigate whether being aware of these digital environments can change the way that I view that environment, you know, in the same way that um, a parkland people feel very positive about or, you know, big, wonderful sweeping views over a valley makes you feel good inside. Uh, does listening to the digital landscape have that same effect? I am interested to see whether I can take this extra layer on board and whether my brain can adapt to it. If it can, there's no reason why I wouldn't want to add more layers of data. Uh, you know, it'd be great to... to be able to hear the entire world. My phone can draw data from the entire world. It's connected all the time to this huge, rich, massive library of information. So I want to hear all of it. I want to hear the whole world. are cool hearing aids are not but i wanted to try and overturn that and have people realize that actually 
having this little device in your ear that can connect you to the entire world and tell you things that normal ears can't is actually really cool. I think it won't even take 30 years for the hipsters to start wearing hearing aids. It's like you have an upgrade slot available. go from being a person who is considered to have a disability to someone who is considered to have a super ability.